Welcome guys to the Nomads of Tomorrow. I am your host, Juan, and this is episode two. Going back to episode one, I appreciate everyone that listened in and tuned in. I received amazing feedback to everything that I had said. I'm still receiving messages to this day, and I love it. Completely love it. I, it's very heartwarming to hear that I reached out to that many people, and I appreciate you. So welcome to episode two. Our guest speaker for today has actually been one of my longtime friends. We've been friends since elementary school. We kind of lost contact during middle school and we rekindled our friendship in high school. The reason why we kind of stuck together until now is because of the same fact that we both wanted creative careers. Me with my film and photography and him with music. So welcome, Jesse. How's it going, everyone? So music, Jesse, how did it become such a big part of your life? Well, it's actually a funny story. I didn't actually want to become a musician. I wanted to do skateboarding, to be honest. Skateboarding was a huge part of my life in the beginning. I did it every single day, day in, day out, as soon as school let out. But sadly, I, I had injury after injury from my ankle to my knee. One summer, I believe, I broke my ankle. And I was out of commission for about six to eight months. And it was right before Christmas time. And at that point, I was getting really, really into music because of skate videos and playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I know you guys remember that. (laughs) Well, as far as that goes, I was really into music, like I said earlier. And I begged my mom. I told her, hey, I'm really bored. I have crutches. I don't know what to do. Do you mind buying me a guitar? And I begged her. I was like, just please buy me a guitar. So I begged her, like I said earlier, mom, please buy me this guitar. I keep getting hurt and she keeps on getting mad. You're always getting hurt. You're in crutches. You're doing this. You're doing that. You should be studying. But at that point, the last thing on my mind was the books. All I wanted to do was skate. But I told her, I know you don't want me to skate. So please buy me this guitar and I'll put my focus on my guitar instead of my skateboarding. Soon enough, Christmas came by and I see a big, big box under the tree. I thought it was just another skateboard or something crazy. But to my acknowledgement, I opened it up and it was a brand new black Epiphone guitar. I looked straight at my mom and I was like ecstatic. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to quit skateboarding. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I start playing guitar. Everything goes good. I pick it up extremely fast. But as soon as my leg gets better, guess what I do? I jump back on that board. Two to three weeks go by and I try to hide the pain from my mom. I try to limp around when she's not looking. But then she catches me with a huge purple swollen ankle and she gets furious. After that, I tell her, all right, I promise I'm not going to skate anymore. I put all my focus into playing guitar. I start getting into little bands here and there. And from then on, I was hooked. Since I wasn't able to focus on um, skateboarding, I put all my focus on guitar and that was it. I jumped into one or two bands, then another two, then another two. I started to realize a trend that was going on within bands that I was trying to get into or that I was already in. That trend was that people would rather hang out with their girlfriends, get effed up. Rather than put focus on their craft. So 
me being a person that wants to put all my energy into one thing, I got really mad at that. I, I was I was wondering why people wouldn't put all of their effort into the thing that they love. So two to three years go by, I'm great at the guitar. And I'm extremely frustrated with the lack of committed band members that I'm seeking. One day, I'm just looking at the TV. I'm on MTV just checking out songs. And this random song comes out. It's by Daft Punk. Everybody's heard that song. It's the harder, better, faster, stronger. And I just hear that loop over and over and over. And I'm like, what is that? So then I get to thinking, I was like, that sounds super cool. So I look up that band and it's actually two producers that are from the overseas. And I was like, you can do that. You can make a whole song without having to focus and try to recruit other people. You can do everything out of your computer. So since I'm still a teenager, I do the same thing every other teenager does. I go straight to my mom. Mom, please buy me a computer. I'm good at the guitar and now I want to learn how to produce. And then she's like, okay, whatever. She complains about me wanting to get another computer. I finally get a computer. It's a really, really old MacBook Pro. Because I begged her. I was like, I need an Apple since I'm going to make music. I need an Apple computer since I'm going to make music. After she purchases the computer, I'm looking at a bunch of different programs. I look at Fruity Loops, which is which that is what it was called at the time. I look at Logic, which is a program that's actually made by Apple and was the program that I was going to start using. But then I start looking into a lot more electronic artists. And then I notice this huge billboard in Hollywood. Guess what it is? I know everybody has seen it's a huge mouse head. And I was like, what is this mouse head? What the heck is that? And it says dead Mao and then the number five. I was like, what the heck is that? So I one day I just look it up. And I listen to that music and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to learn how to make this type of music. After that, I start getting into more electronic music and it just takes over my life. I start going to shows. I start trying to network with different people who also make that. And then I start making my own music after making a couple remixes. And that's pretty much where music started for me. That's awesome. I mean, like, I, I see music as like a big industry and uh, I, I mean, I, I've told you before, like, it's crazy that even with like all the music that you had in the past and everything, like, I'm your friend, but I, I've, I've actually been a fan of your music, like for years to come. And I, I've seen your progression and, it, and it's crazy awesome. because at the same time, like, I, I've, I've seen moments in, in time where you kind of get stuck. So my question to you would be writer's block. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm going to keep it pretty frank. I get that a lot. So what I usually do when I get writer's block is try to do a different genre of music. So usually I'll jump over from house music to hip hop. And then sometimes I don't make music at all. Sometimes, you know, a lot of people when it comes to music, they overthink it. And they start like, oh man, I need to write a a great song every single time I sit down. Every time I look at that computer, I need to make a great song. But that's impossible. I realize that I can take inspiration from every single thing, not just music. So sometimes I'll go play a video game. The video game that got me into music was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. If it wasn't for that video game, I would have not even been into music. Sometimes I need to watch a movie. 
I've watched the Grind movie 20,000 times and I know every single song on that soundtrack. You know, it inspiration is everywhere. It just depends on how you want to look at it. Now, going to inspiration, who do you feel has been like your biggest exp- inspiration as far as just if it's a music artist, an author, what do you what do you think? Well, in the beginning, one of the really big producers was this group called Designer Drugs. When I got into their music, I thought it was actually a band and not two producers. So that group right there really inspired me to get into the indie electronic movement that was going on at the time. As of right now, I've turned my focus from different producers to just different people who are trying to better their lives. Um, Kind of like Aubrey Marcus or Dave Asprey. Those are two people who I really look up to as of right now. Now, I see music as such a big thing especially where we live since we live in la it's it has such a great like everybody wants to be a musician and i'm not saying that it's like a problem i mean that that's amazing the fact that everybody has some type of motivation towards music what has been like the most difficult part about you going from day one to becoming and saying hey i'm gonna become a musician to now honestly the most difficult thing is just me knowing myself I'm really, really impatient. So starting from day one, not knowing a program at all and already having millions of ideas in your head, it was pretty frustrating. But knowing that I would eventually get to a certain area of expertise when it comes to music was really inspiring to me. So just knowing your end goal can sometimes inspire you to jump off of that, I guess, writer's block, if you will, or even just getting into that computer because it's really... Really hard learning something new, whether it's a language or music. Now, you, you you just said that you learned this program. So did you ever take any classes or uh, went to school for anything that you learned as far as music? That's a great question. In the beginning, I actually didn't. Everything I learned was either through reading a book or through the University of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I looked at a huge amount of YouTube videos that would literally tell me how to make a kick, how to put a clap in a certain grid, how to do this and how to do that. So everything I learned until maybe the fifth or sixth year was through either YouTube or just, you know, trial and error. So how about now? Are you still sitting at a YouTube university or did you go somewhere else to attend school? Uh, No, after realizing that I wanted to do school all over again, I attended Matrix Sessions, which is located, well, was located in Arts District of Los Angeles. Now it's in downtown Los Angeles. It's a school that focuses on audio engineering. So I learned anything and everything that has to do with mixing, mastering, and everything in between with the music. I didn't really go so I could learn how to make music. I learned more of the ins and outs of Audio engineering. So how does a kid growing up in Gardena, California, a skater boy, she said, see you later, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was lame. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But goes from their home studio to touring as Robot. (laughs) It's actually a really funny story. It's kind of weird. So as I mentioned earlier, I don't make dubstep anymore, (laughs) but I did once again. I was stuck on the TV, and I heard this one random song, 
going on. And I saw the music video. It was for a song called Heartbeat. It was by Childish Gambino. I don't know if you guys have heard it before. It's the first time I've ever heard of that guy. And it has a really housey drum beat in the beginning. And it has a really, really rough bass line on it. So I was like, wow, that's on the TV? That's cool. So I go online. I download the song. I get really hooked on that song. And then I find the acapella. And I was like, ooh. I'm about to do some damage to this song. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, I make a remix. Think nothing of it. I've never released a song before that song, by the way. So it's my first song I've ever released. I released this song. It's a dubstep remix of Childish Gambino. I'm pretty sure you can find it still. Somewhere online. It It just blew up. First day, 10 plays, 20 plays. Second day... 30, 40 plays. A week goes by. 40,000 plays. A couple days go by. An extra 20,000 plays. My SoundCloud just goes crazy. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it turns out Childish Gambino himself tweeted the song. And I was like, what the heck? And I, at that point, I was just going crazy. So he tweets a song. I guess someone tweeted him and said, yo, check out this remix. It's a really cool remix. And he's like, yo, man, this is sick or something like that. I don't even remember anymore. But point is, he gives me props for that song. And he quotes the tweet with the link. And it just skyrockets. After that, I start getting emails from managers and this and that. And people trying to just, I guess, get in contact me. Get in contact with me, sorry. And yeah. It just moves on from there. I start making more music. I make an official remix for Britney Spears. That song that goes, I, I, I wanna go, oh, oh. It's a really electronic song. <laughs> so I make an official remix for Britney Spears, and after that, it was a rap. I start just going everywhere. Can you try and, to sing that one more time, please? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. I made a Childish Gambino remix, and yeah, dude, it just blew up. That's how I ended up. In the East Coast. Now, when it comes to your music, uh, as you said, you go from genre to genre depending on how you feel. What has been like your favorite genre that you ha- you've worked for and have actually said, "Hey, I'm actually proud of this. Like, I'm gonna continue doing this type of genre." Well, I, I would like to say hip hop. I love hip hop. I've been doing that for a really, really long time. So I feel every time I make hip hop, there's no real limit. To doing something like that. And it's very free. So once I'm when I make hip hop, I should say, it's not I wouldn't want to say easy, but it's very natural and free flowing. So I would like to say that's like my favorite genre to make as of right now. What's your least favorite? My least favorite. <laughs> well, I don't make dubstep, that's for sure. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't want to say that. I mean I I wouldn't want to say I don't make dubstep. Because I have, and my first song ever to get any type of plays was actually a dubstep song. But as of right now, I don't make dubstep, so I would say dubstep. <laughs> where, where did you first play, like your first show, and how did you feel? My first show ever, to be honest, was a random little club in Philadelphia. It wasn't even in Los Angeles. It was some random club. I don't even remember. Electric something. Oh, so you were already touring then? Yeah, I was already touring. 
And uh, yeah, I was some random club and I remember being extremely nervous. You know, I overthink everything. So I just wanted to make sure everything was good and I was doing this and that correctly. And it was my first show and just had all the jitters in the world. I was really about to throw up right before I got on that stage. When was the last time you played a show? And like, do you look back at it now and be like, damn, I could have done this. I could have done that. Or do you feel like it was just like a, a good learning experience from you from the last show you ever did? The last official show was a show under the name Rodbot that I had about five years ago. It was called. It was at a show called Trap Fest. Uh, it was a great show. A lot of my friends showed up and it was a packed house. So I think it was great. I don't think it, I would do anything differently just because when you're in that type of moment and you're on that stage, you don't really know what you're doing, if that makes sense. It's more of like you're just flowing and you're feeding off everybody's energy. So I, I wouldn't say I have any regrets or I wouldn't do anything differently. Now, Robbot, I still remember the first day I ever heard you say that name as far as like when it came to your music career. Now, looking back at that and all the different names that you had and to this day, uh, as far as the names that you go under, what do you feel is the reason for that? Not only for yourself, but just musicians out there and people that produce. Well, I, th I think having a unique, a unique name is kind of like having a second identity, if you will. Sometimes when someone names himself, uh, I don't know, Jiminy Cricket or whatever they want to call themselves. <laughs> it's kind of like stepping out of their own self and becoming that person, if that makes sense. So sometimes, you know, you have a nine to five, you're working your butt off, you're going to school full time, you're doing this and you're that, and you're exhausted. Sometimes it's kind of like, think about it as becoming a superhero, if you will. Okay. You don't, you, once you get in that room, once you sit on that chair... You become Robot. You become such and such. And sometimes having just that name alone can inspire someone to do something great. You know, you think about a lot of new huge people like the Dead Mouses, the Marshmallows. You know, they become those people. And a lot of people, even though they're fictional, they can relate to them because it's stepping out of their own comfort zone and stepping out of them themselves, if you will. They're becoming someone bigger than themselves. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, going from transition from your names and just like a whole rebranding of yourself, in those moments, did you ever feel like music wasn't your thing and you were it just you just had a sense of just giving up? And what? why? So I actually had a huge ordeal with one of my old managers when I was Robbot, and I actually did quit. I quit for... I would say about three to four years. Um, what ha I'm just going to make a quick gist of it. What happened essentially is I was right at the cusp of starting to get a lot of notoriety as Robbot. And what happened essentially is I got blacklisted from anything and everything that I could have done as Robbot. And I was extremely upset because I've worked my butt off D day in, day out. I stopped going to school. I stopped doing anything and everything that I could do to better myself, to put full energy into Rodbot, and something bad still happened. So I was extremely upset, and I quit music for a really long time, and that's when I got into school. I went to, went back to school. I was going to school for neuroscience, 
And I was focusing on that 100% of the time. And what made you go back to music? Um, I would like to say within the last couple of years, a lot of self-realization brought me back to music. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people in this world who... I wouldn't say hide what they want to do, but they're trying to make other people happy instead of themselves. And that's mm, what I was okay. trying to do. I was trying to say, hey, I'm going to become a physician. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When in reality, I just want to make music, you know? And that that's a really hard pill to swallow sometimes, but it's true. No, yeah. I mean, like me, when it came to photography and everything, I always held back and I always wanted to give up. But... Even then, I had a, a great support system. And listening to what you're saying about uh, begging your mom for your guitar, begging your mom for a computer. I mean, parents are parents parents themselves, they're, they're a great support system. But even then, who do you feel has been like a big support to you as far as like going through everything that you've been through and just being like, hey, Jesse, I mean, like you should make music. And Well, honestly, it, it's not some. Well, now it's been, you know, uh, a lot of my friends, you know, you, my fr- um, Osmar, all of, all of our, ve- all of my very little circle that I have, <laughs> they've all been pushing me and telling me, hey, you need to start releasing music. What are you doing? You've been making it for so long. You make good music, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes, you know, it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. But that constant push is sometimes what you need for you to start making the music or making the move in whatever you want to do, not just music, whether it's photography, any creative, you could do makeup. You know, sometimes just like like I said earlier, self-realization is huge, you know, and sometimes you need that slap in the face for you to, you know, be like, OK, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put all my energy into it. I'm pretty sure me and Osmar are still waiting for those uh, that type of music you were making with the wishing on a dream. We still remember <laughs> that song. Um, but even then. Right now, you said slap in the face. What do you feel has been like the biggest slap in the face? You know what? I've Now I've had a bunch of mentors and people who really have been pushing me. And the biggest slap in the face now was just my happiness. You know, that sounds extremely cheesy to say happiness. But it's true. If you told me, hey, Jesse, you're going to become a doctor. You're going to be making $250,000. Great car great house great everything sounds everything amazing. everything you could want sounds amazing sounds great right yep but your best friend who you guys have been going back and forth with music he becomes a musician becomes successful he makes nowhere near as much as you but he wakes up every single day and he makes music instead of him being jealous of me for having security I would be jealous of him because he's living out the dream, waking up every single day to make music. I would say that's one of the biggest realizations and kind of like slap in the face, if you will. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure there's going to be like one of the number one questions I'm going to be asking on this podcast. And it's been the number one question we've heard before and every day in our lives. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I would like to be living fully off of music, whether it's renting out a couple studios since I have a couple, and uh, full touring. You know, I would like to start writing music with a lot of people um, who are on the radio. One of my main focuses has always been with 
working with people who make pop music. I love pop music. And within five years, I would like to be on the radio working with all the people. I don't care about having my name blasted on every single billboard or anything like that. But working behind the scenes as a producer for whatever artist I would like to work with would definitely be a big dream of mine. When it comes to working with an artist that you want to, and that's one of your dreams and your goals, if you were to receive a letter tomorrow and you open it up, what would be the artist that you would want to work with right now at the moment? As of right now, my favorite artist would be Goldlink. He's just been pushing the boundaries of hip-hop left and right, so I feel like me and him would click as, as soon as we get into that studio. Now, as far as like your different, like going a little bit back to like your brand, your name, everything that's been going on, um, what's your name right now? What's your alias? Well, my main alias that I'm currently working on is My Youth. I got that from an artist that I really like. It's another hip-hop artist. Um, his name is Joey Badass. He has a song called My Youth. And I really like that name and I love that song. So I just took that name and made it English, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I made it My Youth. So yeah, um, I took my inspiration for that name. From Joey Badass. I'm well aware that you have or starting a record company. What's that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, My record company is called Alma Mala Records. That's in Spanish for Bad Soul. It's a record company that I started to highlight different types of artists, whether they're rap, R&B, or anything in the hip-hop category. I love hip-hop, and I would like to highlight different types of people and groups who are trying to push the boundaries on hip-hop. So that's, I guess, the forefront of why I started Alma Mahler Records. Now, music being a big part of our lives, what do you feel in the producer community is a big thing that hasn't been highlighted yet? That's a great question. I would like to say that one of the biggest things that's not being highlighted within the music producer community is mental health. I feel like that's a huge struggle with people who want to do anything not only with music, but in a creative outlet, whether that's cooking, music, photography, or whatever. Like no one, no one really talks about the struggles that go be behind the computer, if you will. You know, like the nagging parents that want you to go back to school. You know, people telling you that you're not gonna make any money, and a lot of different things like that can really put a toll on you mentally. So I would like to, I guess, just highlight mental health. I feel like that would be a great thing to start highlighting because certain people are a lot stronger than others when it comes to mental health. So having an open format in that would be great. And I feel like everybody would gain a lot from that, to be honest. So piggybacking on uh, what you said about mental health, I mean, me, myself, as everybody has heard on my previous episode, that was one, one thing I suffered a lot from. Now, how about you, Jesse? What, what would you say... Men- has mental health ever played an aspect in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would say that it was a really, really huge part of my life. Um, once I got through that little, I guess, episode, if you will, mm-hmm. that happened with the robot, uh, I was going through it. I was going through it, man. Um, I was really sad, mad. Anything you can think about feeling, I was feeling it. Imagine being right at the cusp of your dream. Right at the cusp of it. 
You're about to start making money. You're about to start doing this. You're about to start doing that. You're about to start traveling, doing what you love. Imagine being right in the forefront of that and having it all taken away from you. Someone just pulls the carpet. Yeah. So having that happen to me, I, I'm telling you, I, I dealt with every single thing you can think about. But like I said earlier, self-realization is huge. And just realizing that everything happens for a reason can go a really, really long way. As of right now, you know, I just had another, I don't want to say breakdown because it sounds very, very serious, but I had another self-realization when it came to fully pursuing music once again, you know, because it's, there's a lot of factors that go into fully pursuing whatever creative direction you want to go in, you know? So, yeah, man, I go through it every single day, to be honest, but just knowing that it's all an episode that everybody can go through. Is huge. Like I said, self-realization is huge. I've been doing a lot of reading, which is another great way to just take off my mind and stuff. I told myself this year, I want to start reading more. This year, I, we're in February as of right now. I've already read six books since the start of, of the 1st of January. And yeah, dude, I, I feel like when something big, or even not big, happens to you, having a certain outlet that that you can count on whether it's exercise, reading books, or anything is extremely healthy and extremely valuable. And everybody should, I guess, look for something. Yeah, just it's about just looking, looking for your 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 scapegoat. Exactly, looking for your scapegoat because even then, I mean, like we have to find some type of just ability, hobby, or some something that someone recommends. You know, like it, it's. It's, it's as easy, like you said, as re- getting up and reading a book. Yeah, exactly. Or, or listening to music or going going out with your friends. I don't know. It's it's such a big aspect that sometimes, I mean, me, myself, I, I came to it when I didn't seek for help at all. I, I, I had my friends around me, but I felt like they weren't there. Yeah. And they were was. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, going going a little bit back to just yourself and your progression and everything that you've been through from from day one to you getting your guitar to now and it uh, i mean i myself have seen you grown and it's it's amazing uh, like i said you you've been a friend of mine for years and years to come at this point in time do you feel that this is where you want to be at the moment or is there something you want to change there's, there's definitely a couple of things I want to change. I want to change just, I guess, everything about myself recently has just been changed for good. You you know me personally, so you know all yeah. the changes that I've been doing recently. Even little things like taking your vitamins is something huge that I've been doing recently. I've been <laughs> all about that recently. And you know it firsthand. I've been taking like... 14 vitamins and i have no idea how to track all of them (laughs) yeah 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 so i'm definitely on my way to becoming what i want to be but knowing that there's a journey is great because you don't have to set an expectation you just know that you're growing each and every day to get to where you need to be so in little terms i'm not where i want to be but i'm on my way and hey I think at anyone's point in time in life, 
that that's that's a, that's a great realization because yeah, we're definitely. we're all growing we're still growing we're still learning knowledge is knowledge is ever ending there there's there's never enough we exactly. sometimes we hunger for more and like you said you're reading a lot of books so knowledge is just pouring pouring and pouring i mean i've heard you talk yeah. before and and I've known you as one of like my smartest friends, but even hearing you talk now, I hear it in a different manner. Like, yeah, you're. I know you're smart, but you're getting smarter, and it and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. I sure yeah. would hope so. Not yeah, but I definitely feel like I have become. I don't want to say smarter because that sounds so cheesy. Yeah, but I definitely have been learning a lot about my body. And I feel like a lot of people should be doing that. Um, whether it's just waking up in the morning and taking a glass of water or meditating or doing different things like that can change your body as a whole and change you as a person. You, know, you just wake up with a whole different mindset for the whole day. It'll just get you ready for the day. And the, those are all things that I've been really implementing in my life recently. And I've seen a huge, huge change. Now, you reading all these books about self-realization, your mind, your body, your soul, taking your vitamins every day, <laughs> has, it, has it had an effect on you like uh, in your music career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, it really has. I've read a lot about health, like I said earlier, and one of the main things that it talks about is nootropics. Nootropics is kind of like, think about it as food and vitamins for your brain. Right, so it's kind of like think about it as that one movie, Limitless. Oh, so shout out Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely think it has been changing in in my music and in my life as a whole. Just because having a different outlook on life is a huge, huge deal. And sometimes even something as small as like uh, I don't even know, like. Something very small. I don't know, have like the dog pooping outside and you got to pick up the poop or something. <laughs> you know, like you could be like, damn, man, I got to go to work. Why do I have to pick up this poop right now? Or whatever. Instead of just being like, a dog poops every single day. Let me just pick it up and move about my day. Yeah. You know, making a big deal about little stuff could definitely deter you from whatever you're looking for through like in that day or whatever, you know. So, yeah. I definitely feel changes not only in music, but in every single aspect. Mm, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I mean, the music you've been pouring out is pretty awesome. You already have uh, two releases, no? Yeah, I have two releases already on pretty big labels called House of Hustle. I told myself, hey, this year is the year of just, let's just do it. No more thinking, just doing. And yeah, I've, I've already been releasing two, I've already released two songs. Both of them are House of Hustle, just like I said. And I have another one coming out within the next week on Admit One Records. Well, Jesse, I think that wraps it up for today. I want to thank you again for coming uh, coming in today and uh, being on the podcast. It, it was amazing. Uh, I, for sure, I mean, from what I already know about you, I, I, I did get into a little bit more in tune of, of what, what's been going on as far as how you've seen yourself progress and and we can't wait. I mean, I, I for sure can't wait for all the music you have to release in the upcoming days. And guys, uh, all the links to all his projects are going to be in the bio for this podcast today. So uh, go ahead and give him a follow and uh, keep up with all the music he's making. And uh, again, Jesse, I want to thank you. 
Oh no, thank you, thank you. I'm so glad to be here and thank you for having me, bro. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode and subscribe. Thanks again, guys. This was the Nomads of Tomorrow. <laughs>